Recovery Sort Of is a podcast where we discuss recovery topics from the perspective of people living in long-term recovery. This podcast does not intend to represent the views of any particular group, organization, or fellowship. The attitudes expressed are solely the opinion of its contributors. Be advised, there may be strong language or topics of an adult nature. Welcome back. It's Recovery Sorta. I am Jason, a guy who has an interesting relationship with food. And I'm Billy. I'm a person in long-term recovery. I'm Caroline. I'm a person in long-term recovery. And today we're joined by Grace from Overeaters Anonymous, who is going to help us explore the the OA program and everything around uh, disordered eating. And we will, as always, start with Grace taking over the show and telling us a little bit about herself and her story and, and you know how she got here to talk to us today. So go ahead, Grace. Welcome. Well, thank you. I'm really excited to be here. So I'm Grace. And if I were in a recovery meeting, I would say I'm a compulsive overeater or food and sugar addict or restrictor, uh, all kinds of things. Um, Just to remind myself that food kicks my butt. So I'm going to give a little overview on OA. Um, Roseanne is our founder uh, in California. She visited a Gamblers Anonymous meeting back in November of 1958. And over the course of a couple of years, she founded Overeaters Anonymous, and it became a 12-step program, and it was a focus on food. She went to GA and then asked the person there, you know, you think this would transfer to food? And he said, well, I don't know why not. And so then it became. And so January 19th of 1960 was the first meeting in her living room. So our dining room table. Um, so it was very humble, humble beginnings. So we'll flash forward 62 years and I'll give a brief overview of my story. So I um, had gone to um, another recovery group. I went to Alentine and then Al-Anon um, back in the 70s and 80s. So I um, had my exposure to recovery from that viewpoint. And um but I look at my whole food history, and I think I was born with a flip-top head. I was always looking for food, uh, scrounging around for food. And one particular thing, when I was four years old, uh, my mom was, um, shall we say, asleep on the couch, um, probably after imbibing in a few uh, beverages. And um, I had been sick, but you know, baby aspirin back then was orange and fizzy. And I was all about texture and sensation or whatever. So I waited till she was asleep and I climbed up on the stove and we had the kind of stove where half of it had no burners. It was just a flat top. And I quietly climbed up, opened up the jar, sat down on the stove and ate it because I I knew it was medicine. This was premeditation and I was almost four years old. I remembered if it were as if it were yesterday. So I ate those aspirin. Then I went and woke my mom up and told her that she had to take me to the hospital. I had eaten a lot of um, medication. So needless to say, she wasn't all that thrilled. And I learned later that back in the day, they used to have a hundred count in uh, medication for kids. And now it's 36 because that's the top level before it becomes toxic. So it was good. There was probably a few, I probably had at least 80. So, oh, but they were good. Anyway, 
So that just gives you, you know, the whole thing is it was premeditated. I knew it was medication, but I was going for that thrill, that fix. So my whole life, mine was always sugar was my crack cocaine, shall we say, in the food world. Um, always going for it and doing whatever I could. And the thing is, I was just a sturdy kid. You know, I my weight didn't really show up until I was in my 30s. So, um, you know, being a kid in the 70s, you know, in 60s and 70s, you know, we ran around, we walked everywhere. I mean, it just, it's very different lifestyle than today. But it wasn't until I was 17 years old and I read um, in a magazine about anorexia and I thought, well, that's kind of like what I have. I mean, I had tried that whole thing. And then um, then in college, then I had read um, a Dear Abby article that talked about Overeaters Anonymous. And um my whole thing with food is that that's all I did. I dieted and overate and exercised and overate and overate and hid my eating. And it was just never enough. And then I'd feel great remorse. You know, it's like, oh, tomorrow I'm going to do it differently. And you wake up the next day and it's the same old, same old um, start down the slope. And I did the weird diets too. Um, you know, where it's like, I even when I gave up sugar, I noticed I felt so much better. But, you know, and then you start feeling good. And you think, well, you know, you just can't stand all that success. So, you know, you're gonna, you know, go for it again. So that's what I did. And I first went into OA, you know, when I think about it, April 1st, 1985, no fooling. <laughs> and I heard them say that, um, you know, sugar, uh, like any other drug, one is too many and a million is not enough. And, um, and I, I just couldn't stop. And I thought that's me. It's a whole thing. I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop obsessing. I couldn't stop eating. I couldn't stop chasing it. Um, it, it was, you know, the highlight of my life. And so at that time I went in at 150, I was in for about five years. Um, I'm just going to say I got in a relationship. He didn't understand what I was doing. And, um, you know, and there's, we know there's a 12 step program for that. So anyway, um, I just kind of threw all my recovery to the wind. That's what I did. So then I went into a full 14 year relapse. So when I first went into OA uh, at 150, 155 pounds, and then when I went back in, in 2004, um, I went in at 260. So if people are listening overseas, um, that would be 118 kilograms. Um, I stand at 5'5". Five five. I'm 140 pounds now, uh, 63 kilograms maintaining. I've been abstinent, and I'll explain what that is, um, for 18 plus years, one day at a time. And um, I'm just going to say that overeaters' definition of abstinence is the action of refraining from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors while working towards or maintaining a healthy body weight. Spiritual, emotional, and physical recovery is achieved through living and working the Overeaters Anonymous 12-step program. So the 12 steps are patterned after that of Alcoholics Anonymous. So we replace alcohol and we say food or compulsive eating. And when we say like the action of refraining from compulsive eating, okay, it's overeating, undereating, um, binges, grazing, um, preoccupation with diets, starving, excessive exercise, 
vomiting, um, diuretics, laxatives, and I've done all that. Oh, and fantasies about food. I mean, who needs sex? You know, just get your sugar on and you're good. Um, but it's that constant preoccupation with food. And so it doesn't matter. Even though we say we're Overeaters Anonymous, we are from overeating to anorexia. We cover everything. It's just that back in the 60s, that's what the term was called. And now, you know, we have everyone. I have friends who've done the whole gamut. I have friends who have burned all the enamel off their teeth because of their vomiting. I've had friends who have severe osteoporosis because they starve themselves and their bones um, show a result of that. Um, you know, I'm going to have excess skin on me after losing, you know, over a hundred pounds, um, you know, later on in life and, you know, oh, well, um, I'm just not going to do stomach modeling, you know, so I, I gave up that dream. I'm good. <laughs> but, um, you know, I came in and just put the sugar down. That's what I did. And the cool thing about OA recovery program is you only have one requirement, and that's just the desire to stop eating compulsively. Plain and simple. You, you know, there are no dues or fees. I mean, we ask for donations, you know, to pay for the meeting room and, you know, that kind of stuff. You buy literature or whatever, but, you know, that's it. And then, um, and then you give yourself to the program and it doesn't mean that you become an automaton and, you know, you become a robot and you do everything, but it's kind of like, I've had to learn to live my life without food. You know, oh, I'm tired. Oh, I have to eat. I'm excited. I have to eat. I'm over agitated. I have to eat. You know, it was always going to the grocery store after work. It was like a, a hunting and gathering expedition. You know, I would spend, you know, an hour going up and down the aisles. What am I going for? What texture? Salty, smooth, crunchy, chewy, whatever. Get it all home, get it all prepared. And, you know, it was like a flash, 15 minutes, gorge, 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 done. And then as I got older and as my disease progressed, I wouldn't get that high. You know, I would get full before I'd get that high. And I would get bit ticked off about it because it's like I was cheated. And, um, you know, that's where it shows. So now, you know, I eat three meals a day. I don't eat sugar. And there's other things that I don't eat. And I don't want to get so much into my food plan because then it sounds like a diet. And I am not endorsing what I eat. The thing is, everybody gets their own food plan. You work with a sponsor, which is really like a mentor or a buddy in the program, you know, when you first come in. And you get to ask all these questions and you, you know, you talk to people in your meeting and you get their phone number and you come out of your isolation and you, you know, we hell, we all love to talk about our food. So, you know, you're never going to run out of people who are going to want to talk about what they do. But, um, you know, you end up with a food plan. And again, you know, you find out, you know, what that is. And, what I do, let's say at the beginning, is that you have your ABC list or your red, yellow, uh, green food list. So your green foods are foods, you know, uh, let's say in general, you're not going to overeat on, you know, let's say baked chicken or carrots, even though I've um, binged on both of those because that's all that was in the house. But what's my usual go to with sugar, fried foods, you know, junk food, you know, all the non foods out there. And then the yellow foods are you're on the fence about, or for example, like me, nuts. I The only time I eat nuts is that they are measured, plain and simple. 
and my measurement is eight raw almonds. There's nothing sexy or pow about that. It's for nourishment. And, um, you know, and I'm fine with that. But, um, you know, everybody has their thing. I mean, you know, some people go on the keto plan, some people go on high carb plan, some people do whatever. The other thing I love about this program when you come in is that whatever your definition of a higher power is, is the right one for you. You know, we don't, you know, say we're religion or you have to follow this spirit group or whatever. It's like, no, it's your it's your deal. And it's your journey. If you don't know and you feel estranged or you're like what you had before doesn't work. Great. This is a great place to come. So we've got meetings all over the world. We have face to face. We have Zoom meetings or I should say online meetings. We have phone meetings. We have uh, non-real-time meetings where you're, uh, you know, typing in your computer and so on. And now we have the hybrid due to COVID, you know, so we've got meetings that have people in the room and people on the screen. So um, there's all the opportunities. There are different, let's say, practices. There are some that are much more structured where they want you to follow a certain process that you work with a sponsor and you call your food in every day. And it's not that, oh, you have to be watched or monitored. It's your decision. It's like, man, I can't trust myself with food. I really need an accountability partner. And this is what works for me. And you go with that. And some people, you know, you you discovered as you go along. So I guess I'd like to say you might, you know, if any of you are ever deciding you like to try out a meeting, just go to one. You're allowed. If you have the desire to stop eating compulsively, hey, we welcome you with open arms. And if you find that that meeting is just not your jam, then um, try another one. There's, you know, meetings in OA.org. They got a big sign on there. It says find a meeting and um, you can find any time of the day language. If you have a certain focus group that you really, you know, are uh, want a safe group and to you that would be BIPOC or LGBTQ um, or all women, all men, 100 pounder losers, 200 pounders, you know, et cetera. So there's someone and something for you. And, you know, it's just um, stepping in and doing that. And um I think for me, it's just um, it's it's just a great opportunity. And like I said, an abstinent from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors for you know eighteen plus years this go around. And before, you know, when I was in the food too, when I was on my diet, oh, and then I was into bodybuilding. I was going to become you know the next Ms. Minnesota. And until I went to a meeting at that time, and all they talked about the last two weeks how they starved themselves so they could be cut and all of that. And then the day of the competition, when they were done, how they binged and purged. And I was in OA the first time. And I thought, I can't do that. That's that's not recovery. So, um, but I used to weigh myself 20 times a day, you know, go to the bathroom, you know, excel all my weight or all my air, you know, uh, breath, um, take my rings off. You know, I'm surprised I didn't shave my head. I mean, that's how nuts I was then, um, you know, and uh you know, so now it's like I I just have more calmness in my life and um, things that used to bother me don't. And I'm not saying that you're going to throw everything to the wind. It's just that 
what's really important in life. You know, for me, what's important in life isn't about, well, I have to look good and I have to be thin and, um, you know, be super fit and so on. And now it's like, am I kind and loving towards people? And it doesn't mean that I can be stopped all over. It's like, you know, am I a jerk, um, you know, when I'm out in the world? Or do I take people and just embrace people who they are? I mean, there's so many, you know, as we know, with all, look at all the recovery. I mean, there's all kinds of addiction out there. And it's like, I just look at it like we're all kind of one big family in the sense that we all have something we struggle with. And isn't it great that there's a place we can go to and talk to someone else who gets it? We don't have to like over explain ourselves. We can jump into the middle of the story and people are like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. And and you feel uplifted and then you get to live the life you really want to live. So I, I could go on forever, but it's been 10 minutes and I want to be respectful of time. So I'll, I'll turn it back over to you. <laughs> that was a that was an amazing introduction grace thank you I, I mean we've had so many really fabulous and informative guests from different programs and and, and i don't know man you, you're like you've really shown through here this morning it's been incredible uh thank you for all that information i i i don't know that there's a, a right place to start for us or not but I, I think one of the things that grabbed my attention and i found interesting was really this idea that um grazing could could be listed as uh you know, a behavior that's not helping people and, and maybe uh, like, what is the definition of grazing? And and I think you said that was part of what, what the program defined as not being okay. Or was that for you personally? Um, well, I wasn't a grazer. I'm, okay. I was kind of like um, a boar. I just went in there and, you know, ransacked everything, you know, like when they say like a wolf, I did. Um, but they're grazing. I mean, Here's the thing. If you are constantly thinking something isn't right about it and you want to always stop, you know, with any kind of food behavior and you think it's not quite right, then that's something to look at. So grazing, um, like the friends I've had in program who do that, you know, would eat all day long, pick, 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 little here, little there, but it's constant and it's continuous through the day. You know, every hour you're eating something. There's no beginning and middle and end. So like right now, my food, I have a beginning, middle and end. I eat breakfast I and I weigh and measure my food. But again, I just want to point that is not the only way. Um, some people can do moderation. I can't. Um, you know, to me, a bowl is a mixing bowl. And um, I know that that's a little bit more <laughs> than, let's say, the national dietary people say, you know, you need. <laughs> Another thing I think that that really... I, I don't know. It didn't seem like you magnified this. You were like, my thing is I just had to quit sugar and like almost minimized it some. And I'm like, that is a huge <laughs> undertaking in our society because uh, yeah. I, so, okay. There was a six week period that I chose to see what would happen if I didn't do sugar. And it's almost impossible to not have sugar and, and it's just it's everywhere. So like, can you talk more about how like the challenges of trying to, to take that on? Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, thank you. And that is that is a key point. Yeah, because like I said, sugar is my crack. And I'm not, you know, I don't want to minimize those of you who are in NA. Um, but the thing is, it is. I mean, I probably would have wrestled Christ to the ground. Um, when I was in seventh grade, um, I don't know if you know what a sheet cake is. A sheet cake, um, this is for food wimps. It says it serves 96 people. Okay, that's food wimps. One, one inch by one inch squares. So, um, that's just my parents were, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is. It's kind of like, really, why bother? Um, so when, um, so I was, um, you know, my birthday's the end of August. My parents were teachers. They bought a sheet cake for a family of seven. Okay. So no addiction there anywhere, you know, that you would buy that large of a piece. I look at my normie friends and anyway, I don't think that, I don't know how they subsist, but there was half that sheet cake left. My sister started sharing it with the neighbor kids. I locked them out of the house and I ate that half a sheet cake in 20 minutes, me and a fork. And then at dinner time, I sat and ate, I always ate at least three adult meals. Um, so I had, you know, my two pork chops, two baked potatoes, two helpings of salad. And again, I was not fat. I was not, I was just an average um, middle Midwest kid. And um so yeah, that's the that's the amount of sugar that I would eat. I mean, it was a packs of cookies and packs of bags and bags. So giving up the sugar, um, because I did off and on, you know, prior to coming into recovery, um, yeah, it was hard and I'd feel good and um, my body would function better and I wouldn't be so raging. I guess, you know, I, I guess I just want to talk about what was my behavior, Um People would say, you know, Meg, I think you have an anger problem. And I would say, no, I don't. I get angry just fine. So um, I didn't know how to be sad. But no, I was always, you know, someone was out to hurt, you know, hurt me. Someone was out to do it in and whatever. That was my mind frame. So when I really started seeing sugar was, um, oh, because I was obsessed about it. I mean, it's, I bought it every day. I mean, I, I would, you know, work every day and I would eat like a pound bag of bridge mix and six to eight donuts. I mean, you know, because I had to have that mainline, mainline sugar. Um, and then, you know, candy corn. Oh, my God. Um, that was, you know, the nasty at Halloween. So anyway, so giving that up. Yeah. Did I go through food detox? Yeah, absolutely. And, but there was a part of me um, that just knew somehow I'm going to be okay. It just needs to be different this time. And um, I think that's where 
um, you know, relying on that spirit part, it's like, I look at it, there's an energy bigger than me in the world. I mean, it's what helps us stay human and that we don't completely kill each other. But that it's like, I just prayed to the ethers and said, you know, you've got to help me with this one. You got to help me. And so then, you know, I would just eat healthy food. And my food plan has changed over the years. But um, I really, you know, they, it's also encouraged to look at all the ingredients in your food and to stay away from food that um, has sugar, that is, you know, the first four ingredients, stay away from that. Because, you know, my philosophy and my belief is if I were to eat um, sugar, then it's already in my bloodstream, it's going to trigger me. I'm never cured. And the only reason I say that, so I was in OA for five years the first time, I didn't eat sugar. And then I had a Snickers. And I'll tell you, that was my favorite candy bar. And I remember taking a bite at that time. And it was the most disgusting, foul thing I had ever eaten. But I was already committed. My mindset was there. And the let's just say the dragon was awoken. And you know, I just went for it. And then, and then I just went for the kill. I, like I said, I was 260. That was 18 years ago. I'm 140 now. If I were to go out back out into the food now, I would probably eat like a 260 pound person. And it would probably uh, seriously hurt me or kill me. I mean, I've heard stories of people who've gone out and then they fortunately came back in. Um, but it is a lot there. I, you know, I could go on and on. There's lots of wonderful documentaries you can um, watch out there to look at the food industry. But in the 70s, the food industry really wanted us Americans, I'm going to say, to eat twice as many calories than what we needed. They have far surpassed that. Um, the diet industry is a multi-billion, if not trillion dollar industry. And um, we're going to shame you because you're fat. We're going to we're going to sell you non-food and then um, then we're going to shame you and then we're going to sell you a diet. And to me, I don't ever have to go on a diet again by staying in OA because I've got I've got the solution here. You know, I've learned how to live my life without those kinds of foods. I eat real clean, pure foods because I'm a critical level addict. That's the way I look at it. And um, it is hard, but it's doable. And the thing is, you know, your taste buds will learn how to um, appreciate new foods. And you may also then say, you know what, I don't really like that. And there's also healthy foods that just don't have sleepovers at my house. I don't do grapes. I don't do cherries. And I don't do raw, pine, you know, fresh pineapple. If I'm at a restaurant and I'm at a salad bar and I'm going to, you know, have that as my serving of fruit, I can because I know what portion I can have and that's good. But even though those are quote unquote healthy foods, I don't do um, dry roasted nuts because there's just enough of a zing in there that, you know, I, you know, it's kind of like you want to streak through, you know, the town. Um, I just know, yeah, my taste buds and I just leave my food um, it's good though. I eat good food. It's not like I'm going to eat mush and it's drudgery. I feel so much um, relief and joy. I mean, for the, you know, these last few years, I mean, I've honest to God felt happy in life. And it's like, I, I can't, you know, and I look at it this way. It's so easy. So I put down a Snickers or a piece of cake. I mean, 
I still can see and hear and talk and carry a job and make money and have friends. And, you know, so I'm not eating a candy bar. And um, I'm grateful because uh, my life was um, just a living hell because that's all I focused on. And, um, you know, I would, uh, you know, not go out with my friends because I wanted to stay home and, and hide and eat and then feel the shame of, um, you know, my my weight and, uh, you know, and I'll just, I'm, I'm going to share an embarrassing story. So, I mean, there's many, but I'll give one. So I was out with friends and, and of course I was doing the diet soda scene. And I've learned that even though it's diet soda, um, the sweeteners are much sweeter. Um, they still hit those things in our head um, for um, sweetness. And, um, and so I've given all of that up because I was drinking like, um, 24 cans a day. And then I would have, um, the crystal light. I would drink four quarts of that in two quarts of water. You know, I wanted super potent. Everything had to be super potent. And, um, anyway, so I went out to lunch and I drank, you know, 4,900, you know, diet, diet colas or whatever, you know, my usual. And, we're driving back to work and I was in a, it was in a two door car and I was in the back seat and I'm trying to heft my, my form out of the car and I was struggling and I finally got up and I just felt my um, pee run down my leg. And um, I, of course, was very embarrassed and ashamed and thank God it was out in the sidewalk. And, um, and I just, you know, barked at my friends, you know, back away, I'm covered, you know, just leave me alone. And, waddled my way to the bathroom and took care of situations. And like I said, I'm glad I had black pants on and um, somehow managed, you know, it fort fortunately didn't hit the cloth, but you know, enough of my leg and my sock. I think I threw it the socks away. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, and did that change me from that day? No, I went home and I ate over it. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, that's what I did. So um, I remember those times if I ever feel that nothing in life has ever improved by eating a piece of pie, nothing in my life, not when life has gotten better, it's because I've reached out and called a friend or, um, you know, someone, let's say in recovery who gets it, you know, I don't have, like I said, I can just start in the middle of the story and it doesn't matter what addiction. A lot of times it's just kind of like, Hey, I'm struggling, man. Um, got some words for me and go from there. And uh, there's a ton of food out there um, that we can eat. And, you know, for the first time in my life, um, I eat all the food I buy. You know, it's not like I'm going to buy all the good food and then it grows whiskers and uh, a beard with, and then I can throw it away, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I don't do that anymore. And um, yeah, and I even grocery shop every week. And um, it, it's really lovely. And food is not the highlight of my life. And by not eating those trigger foods that, and I mean, there's studies done that they show sugar lights up our head like cocaine and heroin. I mean, and yet we have people, well, you know, you just need to um, suck it up. And it's like, I tried all that. I remember I tried the cabbage soup diet and I made like a week and a half's worth all at once. It was so good. I ate it in a day and a half. <laughs> I love vegetables. I'm one of those weird people. So, and I'm glad now because I eat a lot of vegetables. But anyway, um, yeah, that's a great question. And there is a lot of, there is a lot of junk out there and we just have to be diligent. And the thing is, um, 
you know, we if we stop buying that stuff, maybe they'll stop making it. So. Yeah, that's, that's a, a uh, that's a tough proposition to <laughs> sometimes, you know, I just looking at the history of sugar, like before the 1500s, you know, the amount of sugar in one little Debbie snack cake is more than people had in their whole life. Uh, and then, you know, introduced to this idea of sugar and then throwing it in everything and breads and cakes and, and it's, yeah, it's, it's really everywhere. So that's a challenging one. Um, I'm, I'm curious, I, I think, so we come more from a Narcotics Anonymous background and, and, you know, the NA program tends to say that the disease of addiction is like this core of self-centeredness, this spiritual malady, I guess, is kind of our, our problem, or the problem is spiritual in nature, I guess. Um, does does OA tend to say the problem is a specific thing, or is it more just we don't care what the problem is, we're here to fix it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we also say that, you know, it's a spiritual, you know, sickness and all of that, but um, it's kind of like, all right, so you know it, come on in, and um, let's put the food down, and let's let's go on with our lives. And, you know, um, you know, when I, especially when I'm in my food and my narcissistic and self-centered, Oh, absolutely. Cause it's all about me. Mm-hmm. You know, everything was all about me. Everyone was mad at me, this at me, that at me. And now it's like, yep. Yeah. You are self-centered and, you know, and got to have some discipline and yeah. And here's some steps because I didn't know how to do it on my own. And this guideline gives me the freedom to do it the grace way shall we say you know I I was also kind of surprised and thinking back to like this starting in 1960 Mm -hmm. and and just like we I don't even think you know obesity was on the radar of the public scope at that point right so to think it was starting already in in somebody's you know living room Um, and, and then the idea that that overeaters anonymous is for um and I don't want to use the term disordered eating Grace, if that doesn't feel like it fits the program, but that's like the term I know to use. Um, I, I guess I was not aware that Overeaters Anonymous was also for other versions of disordered eating, like like anorexia nervosa and stuff like that. Um, so that's interesting. And I'm curious, I, and you might not know this, but was it always that way? Like even when it first started or was that kind of something that got included somewhere down the line? I think it got included somewhere down the line and I'm sure some one of my fellows who hear this will be like Meg, but no, it started, they wanted to call it gluttons anonymous, fatties anonymous. So that was the focus. It was about, you know, the losing weight. Yeah. I, yeah. Who would join if it was gluttons anonymous, but even with overeaters anonymous, you're right. You know, some people are like, well, I'm not an overeater. You know, I, um, you know, I've worked with people. I worked with a woman who ate half of a sandwich, peanut butter sandwich a day. And she was in her mid forties and had severe osteoporosis and she couldn't stop. I mean, that is disordered eating. It is, it's, you know, it is all about, um, you know, compulsive eating and compulsive food behavior. So whatever, wherever your compulsion lies. Yeah. And it doesn't make sense. You know, I mean, I, in fact, yeah, I remember in sixth grade, I remember telling a boss this once, you know, that I'd eaten a whole bag of M&Ms. And he said, well, oh, Meg, everyone has in their life. And I said, yeah, but how big was your bag? <laughs> and he's like, well, you know, the, the normal size bag. And I said, well, no, mine was a pound. Mm-hmm. And he goes, oh, that's impossible. Of course, a normie's going to say that. Um, and I said, well, uh, no, it's not. And I'm not going to show you. I was already back in recovery then. <laughs> 
but yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that was the serving. So Grace, um, I think one thing that you, you mentioned was that, um, you know, this program potentially is for anyone that thinks they may have an issue or has any kind of concerns around their eating behaviors. Is that, is, did I pick up on that correctly? Is that what you would say in terms of if someone's thinking about whether OA is right for them? Yes. I, you know, my rule of thumb is if you're, if you think maybe just come on in and if you're still not sure, try it for six weeks. And if you need to hop around and I guess I would say too, if you're a bit shy on that, you know, like I said, there's zoom meetings, there's phone meetings where you can go and just listen and hear if you're hearing something that really speaks to your heart. But um, there is recovery in these rooms. I mean, you know, I have a sponsor, you know, my mentor, you know, I'd say my accountability person um, who just celebrated 43 years of abstinence. So that's very humbling to me because it's like that's, you know, it's those one day at a time, but it's really about living your best life and not being ruled by a substance. And for us, it just happens to be food. But there's recovery. It's learning how, like I said, to live life. And I had to learn how to be assertive. I under uh, employed myself. I always took jobs that um, didn't really challenge me. And then I'd be mad if people treated me less than I thought they should treat me. I mean, it's just, that's so twisted. And now it's kind of like, well, you know, I'm because I'm sober. I'm, I'm, I'm clear headed and sugar clouded my head. And that you'll find recovery in these rooms. You'll find people who are struggling. I mean, as we in all 12 step um, rooms, but um, you know, as a person I work with is like, stick with the stickers, you know, stick with those people who make it through day by day and give their best self and put the substance down. It's interesting. You made that comment about you know, being an, an under earner, um, which reminds me of a thing I heard in a debtors anonymous meeting, right? That they welcome the under earners and the overspenders, right? Almost like these two opposite sides of the same problem. Um, and then we talk about OA and how they help people who overeat, but also people who have disordered, you know, under eating, I guess. And I was wondering like, man, well, where's the opposite people for like NA or AA? Where's the people who are like, I'll never touch drugs. Like maybe they need the same help we need, you know? I don't know, sorry. Just <laughs> <laughs> wondering why they're not there. Um, you, you did mention something, um, you kind of gave a list and I don't know that they were necessarily like spot specific rules to, to what's, do you guys call it sobriety? That's a good question. Yeah, we call it abstinence is our usual, our first term, abstinence. but also sobriety. Okay, yeah. so so it sounded like there were some more specific guidelines around abstinence in OA, which is kind of fascinating to me, um, having gone to some some sex addiction programs and learning of the, uh, you know, in a couple of them, there's not a, a strict version of, of sobriety or, or, you know, being abstinent, it's very much like, what are your problem behaviors? And let's just avoid those. And I, and I kind of anticipated that OA would be more similar to that. So it was so, a little surprising. It feels like maybe it's more of a mixture of like, we've got some guidelines, but then also you create your own exact version of it. Can you take, I mean, I don't know, just tell me a little more about that, I guess. Sure. No, that's no, that's a great question. And I think the thing is with food, it's not an absolute, we can't just not eat. And so 
um, everybody will have their own food plan. So, um, you know, we kind of have three formats. We have the how format, which is honest, open and willing, where they go to meetings and um, you call your sponsor every day and you commit your food. You say, this is what I'm going to eat and you weigh and measure your food. And um, you also call other people in the program every day. And then you have a mixture of, you know, the more structured approach to the more, would say we call it uh, traditional, but um, you know, and I I follow that format, the traditional format, in that um, you know what works for me and my sponsor. Um, but you know what I do with um, let's say new people new in program and who want to work with me is that um, I help them find out what their binge foods are. Um, and, you know, a lot of times, you know, people know right off the bat, yeah, I can't seem to stop eating A, B, and C, but then you start finding out some other things. And the thing is there's people who binge on rice and then there's people who binge on sugar and there's people who binge on salty foods and there's people who binge on, um, casseroles. And so it's like, okay, you can't say, well, no more, well, you know, casseroles. I mean, it's like, that's where you work. I guess I do individually with someone to help them find what's going on. And then also we are encouraged to encourage people we work with to seek the help of a dietitian or nutritionist. And hopefully someone who's aware of Overeaters Anonymous because there are still dietitians and nutritionists out there say that you can eat sugar in moderation. The majority of us cannot. Mm. I cannot eat sugar in moderation. I don't know what moderation is. And, um, but at least to get a food plan that, um, works for you because some people have been eating, let's say rogue for many years and don't know what a serving size really looks like. You know, it's not a mixing bowl (laughs) to my shock and chagrin, (laughs) but so that's why I think it's so, um, you know, like, for example, like I said, I couldn't eat cherries, grapes, or pineapple. But um, someone else can't eat, um, like I said, rice or mm-hmm. milk, mm-hmm. you know, or certain certain things. And there's, you know, we all have our, you know, uh, for example, I, I don't eat peanut butter very often because um, I've, let's say, have, you know, done my quantity um, in a lifetime. Mm. Yeah. So I totally can relate to that. I have a number of foods that I just can't keep in my house because I cannot sugar peanut butter like the peanut butter that has like the added sugars and the hydrogenated oil Mm. i call it sugar peanut butter can't keep that in the house certain kinds of cheese i mean i um i can relate to a lot of this i will say that i over the years certainly have toyed with the idea of uh of attending a, a oa or a similar program and and haven't uh visited myself but this is definitely a very interesting topic to me and something that I can relate a lot to sugar is definitely um, can be a real problem for me. And uh, so I, I appreciate the the struggle and the information. Grace, this is, this is really, really interesting. I, I find it fascinating in a way. I feel like the struggle that people face when going into OA is unique from any other one. Uh, and I don't know that I noticed this before. Like when I was thinking about, the idea of sex addiction, like generally people aren't down for the idea of I just want to give up sex forever, right? Uh, and, and coming from a background of Narcotics Anonymous, like that is the main goal. Like, hey, I want to give up these drugs forever and just never touch them. And that 
going into sex addiction meetings and realizing that like that was not the goal, it almost seemed way harder. Like it was easier to just, oh, I can cut that out of my life forever and never touch it. Whereas, you know, with sex addiction, it's like, well, I hope to do this in a healthy way or find a healthy relationship with this activity. But in sex addiction and in anything else you would want to do that with, you can take a period of abstinence to step away from it for a while to kind of reconfigure your relationship with it. And with overeating, you cannot. That is not a possibility. And I, I think that uniquely makes it like maybe possibly the most challenging one to deal with. I'm going to agree with you on that one. And, you know, not like, oh, that makes me special or whatever. I think that's just the main struggle overall, because it's, it's not, it can't be super clearly defined. You know, like Caroline, you'd mentioned, you know, the cheese thing. I don't do cheese either because um, cheese and I, like I said, I've eaten some foods that have, you know, satisfied a small nation, you know, over a millennia. Um, and yet, you know, let's say Jason, you know, I mean, if let's say I was going to work with each of you and let's say Jason, you know, like I can't do chips and I can't do pretzels and I can't do, you know, your salty foods are your thing. And let's say, Billy, let's say your thing is, um, you know, you're the comfort foods, you know, and so it's like, you know, and that's why working with nutritionist. So let's say, Billy, yours is the comfort foods. And um, then that person's, you know, hopefully that nutritionist is going to say, well, you know, you can have bread, you know, just once a day and whatever. And it's like, well, no, I can't do bread because I've, I've passed the point of no return. We all have our foods, I guess, where we pass the point of no return. So now we have to find a food plan that has, doesn't have those foods in it. So for example, I don't eat um, artificial sweeteners anymore because I've had so many, I haven't had artificial sweeteners since 2006. And that means gum. That means soda and whatever. I no longer drink caffeine because I have over, I mean, though those are those little fine tuning. And again, that's years in, you know? So, I mean, and again, I'm just one person, one voice in this program, but it's like, it's, it's a process and you refine that over the years. And it doesn't mean that um, I wasn't abstinent then. I knew what my, high octane, um, you know, foods were, and I stayed away from those. And then as my body started healing and getting better, and I started feeling better, it's like, wow, you know, the caffeine is not really doing it for me. I'm, I'm, I need to live my life differently. Like, oh, maybe get more sleep. Oh, maybe stop some of the stressors in my life because I'm not sleeping well or whatever, or instead of jacking myself up. I mean, again, it's a substance. And yes, it's legal, just like food is legal. And I think too, with food, we have so much emotion tied with it. It's like, you come to my house, or you go to a family gathering. And it's like, you know, Aunt Bertha gets all upset because you didn't eat her special bake. And um, I mean, the, there is so much with that. And I and again, this is just the world according to grace. 
But it's like I look at, let's look at the Depression era. That's all we had in World War II. That's all we had to give people was food. And we've carried that over into today where we have an overabundance. I mean, we are encouraged to overeat. All of our advertisements, we are encouraged to, and we don't need to. And yet people, we, instead of saying, you know, no, no, thank you. No, thank you. I mean, I, with with my food plan, I bring my food with me to events because I eat differently than a lot of people. And I don't have um, sadness about that. I'm like, oh, thank goodness. I don't have to worry. You know, if, if I just take a little of this and oh, am I taking too much of that? You know, because that's where my mind went. And, and, um, you know, my life is just a lot easier. So we all find our own way. You're right. It is. It's specialized. There's a main focus, but it's specialized. Well, and a quick, so similar to that for addicts, I mean, for most of us, as we get into recovery, it's a little easier to avoid like heroin or crack. Those are slightly harder to find. You don't see them at Wendy's. Yeah. Alcohol, a little, you know, less hard to avoid, but you, you still can, you know, kind of places that are going to have it. But then in our society, like weddings, you know, family parties, picnics, like all these things are so centered around food. Like what kind of advice do you have for people around these social events? Like how do you still have a social life, but manage your, your diet plan or your plan. But all of those things that you just named, Billy, also are centered around alcohol. Weddings, picnics. What was the third Not one? Cookouts. Like, yeah, <laughs> cookouts. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. depends. Like, I don't know. If you're around more Christian-centered people, I'd say not Less so. as much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was sorry, sorry, I jumped in there. So, Grace, if you want to okay. answer that, but... Oh, no, that's right. That's no. And that's a great question and great discussion. And the thing is, I mean, for me, I'm at a point, you know, early on, I mean, do my eyes get interested? Well, yes. But um, I just know it's not mine. You know, the thing is, um, if I'm going into an event where there's soothers, whatever that soother is, is it food? Is it alcohol? You know, and is there a little illegal doing under the table going on? Because there's all elements going on or a little nookie in the, you know, the back room. Um, I am just going in. And if if it's at mealtime, I will bring my meal and people will gawk. And, oh, what do you well, uh, well, gee, that's a lot of vegetables. And, oh, you know, and it's like, yep, yep, yep. And I in my head. I'm like so grateful because I'm not focused on the food. I'm focused on the people and um, I'm going to walk out clean and sober basically. And, and I'm showing maybe there's someone else in that event. That's like, wow. Well, I wish I could do that, you know, and I'm not doing that because of that. I mean, my number one is that's what I need to do to stay clean. And um, I am still just so grateful to be clean that um but is it hard yeah and so if you're new and you're working with your sponsor your mentor accountability partner whatever is that you talk about that before you go you plan for it and you know if you feel you need to you know i mean again it's your food plan is is personal um or you work uh with your buddy and you know you come up with backup plan and maybe you save your you know, I'm just going to say something, just one basic thing. You save your apple to eat so that you don't feel like you're the only one who's not eating. 
because it is odd. We are focused around food. We just are. And so when you do something different, then you stand out. And I'm a person to people notice that I'm fine with it. But I also have friends who are like, they don't want to be the center of attention. And so um, I'm going to speak to those people is just find a way that um, that will work for you, that you feel, you know, somewhat serene and that you can manage this. And yeah, it is a learning. It is a learning. So I'm sitting here thinking, you know, uh, of maybe our listeners who are thinking that maybe they they are struggling with some of these issues, but then hearing kind of what it takes to to get to a healthy place it could potentially be really daunting. And maybe because I'm thinking of that for myself too, right? <laughs> like this idea of like, oh my goodness, if I were to go to OA, I would have to give up all sugar and I would have to bring my own meals to events. Like that's a, a very daunting proposition for someone. Um, but then as I'm thinking of it, it's like, okay, but like coming into NA, we say you have to give up all drugs. Even if you don't think that you have a problem with that marijuana over there, like you need to stop that alcohol is a drug. And so I guess it's really just about like when the pain becomes great enough, like what lengths am I willing to go to, 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 um, to get relief. Right. And I think for, for the three of us in this room, like we had to get to a point where it was like, we were willing to stop all of it so that we could get to a point of relief. And, and maybe, I don't know, Grace, would you say that that is kind of where people need to get with, with overeating as well to have that level of surrender? Yes. I mean, I, I, you know, you can't see, I have tears in my eyes. There's a part, it's so humbling to be at that point, to be at that turning point and say, I'm done. And um, it's a miracle. And the thing is with the food, if I were working with new people right now, we would be having conversations. And, you know, I'm only, again, one person, there's other people who do things, but you come to a meeting and you hear that person has what you want. And you reach out to that person and you have dialogue with them and you find your process. Um, I am not the type of person where, all right, that's it. You need to cut it out and so on. It's like, I'm the person to have you say what it is. What are your, um, you know, red level foods? What are they? So that you have ownership and accountability to that. Because I'm not your mom. I'm not your babysitter. I'm not God. Um, oh, thank God. Um, and, you know, we get, we, we get to learn with this. The thing is with food, um, I think it's... Um, it's a slower burn. You know, you're going to end up being overweight, let's say, I mean, many people, right? Or you're going to be underweight and you're going to end up, you know, with a heart attack or uh, chronic heart failure or diabetes may take you out and it's going to be a 20 year deal. I think with alcohol and drugs, and again, this is just my opinion, is that it's more immediate and 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 you don't need it. I need food to subsist. <laughs> and so what's that going to look like? And um, I knew off the bat sugar was it. I mean, so that was easy for me to put that one down. Um, easy in the sense of, let's say, in practice. But, you know, like I said, I went through, you know, physical withdrawals um, with it because uh, it is a drug. You know, and people say, well, sugar's natural. It's like, no, it's all processed. It's all processed. 
So, so Grace, some questions that probably aren't going to apply to your program, but because they're on our typical questions list, it made me curious. Sure. Um, I'm imagining you guys don't have to sign court slips. <laughs> no, you're right. <laughs> okay, so that not that does not apply. Order. Right, right, right. And and I also uh, one of the things that I find, at least in previous years, in in maybe some certain twelve step recovery groups, and, and maybe this expands more to most of them, but uh, dating in the program is usually something that is talked about in recovery from from certain things, and I, I can't imagine that that's a huge issue in Overeaters Anonymous either, but correct me if I'm wrong, please. I'm curious. No, I, I mean, not that I've been um, exposed to and so on. And um, and I, I'm just going to put that out there. We're um, more of a female-heavy organization. Women will walk into these rooms faster than men, but the male population is growing. And um, no, I think I, I'll just say a lot of times a food addict, we're too busy hiding out in our homes. Mm. We're not so, so we probably would probably do us good to date. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I was, I was, came across the question on my list. I was like, I don't picture that or, or court slips. Um, but you got a little bit into demographics there, which is another place I was curious about going. So uh, it does, you're saying, seem to be more female than male in the meetings, even though that's slowly changing. What about age ranges? Do, do you see a, pretty typical age range or is it very very yeah it's usually i would say probably mid 40s are when um people start coming in more because they see that the 87 diets they tried before didn't work so maybe we'll try oa Hmm. um you know and that's what i did i'm well i mean i first went in when i was 26 so um and i'm in my mid 60s now but that's it. It's like, I'll, I'll try it, you know, because we think, uh, I think I can do it on my own, you know, because there's a new book or a new diet or a new this or a new that. And I'll try this. And, and I've tried it all. I've tried it all. I've given up dairy. I've given up caffeine. I've given up um, sugar. I've given up, you know, all of those isolated things, but the crazy was still there. And I imagine, as you mentioned, that slow burn idea, it's by then. So a lot of the health consequences are probably starting to catch up as well yes yes so what about crosstalk like i was thinking of this and maybe the it's a bigger question of uh just what does a a meeting look like like how is it organized or oriented you know typically depending on what area you go to you go to a 12-step meeting you're you're going to have some kind of basic format of like either a speaker shares their story or it's a topic that everybody's talking about um there tends to be rules around crosstalk, even though I'm finding that's not as expansive to other programs as it is to maybe NA and AA. Um, tell, tell us a little bit about that, like meeting design and what it would feel like and look like for somebody, please. Sure. I would say a typical meeting. And then, you know, there's also a special focus meetings, but um, like my meeting, um, we're a step meeting. So we, um, you know, we also have open meetings as well, where we have open topic, but we go through the 12 steps, you know, multiple times a year. And we have our, you know, business portion at the beginning. Um, We have tools that we, um, that assist us and that we talk about that help us live our 12 step recovery program. And that is um, abstinence, action plan, plan of eating, service, sponsorship, anonymity, telephone, uh, literature and writing. So there's nine tools. And so we'll read, uh, you know, read a bit on that and share on it. And then a person will share um, on the step. So I'll say step one, 
admitted you were powerless over food, that your life had become unmanageable. And then um, we'll break into small groups and discuss, um, you know, what we learned, you know, or, you know, whatever um, insight we've gained from that. And we go around the room. There is, we, we say it in our, our opening, you know, there is no crosstalk. And if you have questions, please leave those at the end. But, um, you know, and who you see here when you, you know, leave here, let it stay here. And um, here, here. So it's very, yeah, <laughs> very structured that way. Um, there's other meetings where it's like a two hour format where they read all the tools. They read, you know, we read the 12 steps and whatever. And then they'll have two people um, speak. And then there's no sharing afterwards. You know, it's just two speakers share on, you know, the step or the topic. Um, and then there's, you know, some groups out there. I mean, you'll see when you look at OA.org, find a meeting, um, that some of them, we have like a, um, a body image book and, and, and all of our literature is written by compulsive eaters. Um, you know, just like the other programs, you know, it's people from within. And so that I would say is looking more at the physical aspect initially, but then, you know, all the workings around that. So, but a lot of it, you know, is 12 steps and, um, you know, that's, that's how I live my life. And, you know, it's like, I, you know, took my inventory and shared it with another human being and I've done more than one and, you know, my amends face to face when I can and, you know, rinse and repeat, you know, start that all over again. And, um, and deepen my recovery as I go, you know, I've been around the bend many times, but, you know, even though I know I'm powerless over food, but what else do I need to learn? I'm powerless over because that's food hit everything. And then if I ever have food thoughts, you know, people panic, you know, Oh my God, I had food thoughts, you know, and it doesn't mean you're going to run out and, you know, dive your head into a gallon of ice cream. To me, that's the only thing that will get my attention that something's wrong. Our food thoughts. And what I mean by food thoughts is like, you know, you start thinking about cookies or, you know, uh, the, you know, the, the binge foods, let's say. And what that usually means is like, maybe I'm tired or maybe I didn't um, conduct myself well when I was in a store. I was, you know, crabby with a clerk um, or um, I need to, like I said, assert myself at work, let's say. And so I look at those as warning signs. But again, back at the meeting. It's really about hearing how people live the recovery program and get new insight from that. And, and Grace, I think one of the, probably the last question I can think of that that's on my mind that might assist people is if you could look back at maybe some of your, your earlier behaviors or earlier practices in your life that, you know, at the time you couldn't see were part of this disordered behavior process for you um can you point to anything that could possibly help people recognize this earlier for themselves or or maybe even you can point to things that stood in the way of you recognizing it i'm not sure which one would would be more relevant or, or stands out more to you but could you talk about that please i would say i felt my unhappiness was due to everyone else it wasn't of my making and how that manifested, I would say, is that um, I was irritated at my boss. I was irritated at my coworkers. Um, people were jerks on the road. Of course, that can be another discussion. Um, 
But um, it was, you know, if only everyone else would do this, if only everyone else would see how special I am, if only everyone else would, you know, hear what I really have to say. And yet, and then I complained all the time too. Complain, complain, complain. You know, my house is a mess. Um, I just can't seem to get it together. Why can't I get this food thing right? I mean, just always talking about that. So always obsessed. But again, it was always all about me, my unhappiness or my inability to act a certain way, a better way, a different way. And that, um, and taking everyone else's, I mean, since we're talking the vernacular, everyone else's inventory. Well, if they weren't such this way or that way or whatever, and of course, oh, I have all the answers. I know everything. And it's like, wow, you know, who died and crowned me queen? And, um, you know, and it's because I just didn't really want to look at myself and how miserable I was. So it's just really feeling unhappy with who I am and feeling like, is this all life is? And I mean, that was the main demoralization of my food. But, um, you know, I mean, I still had fun with friends and so on, but I just always felt something was missing or I felt like I never fit in, you know, just didn't know how to do it. So, you know, and now I just know that, um, you know, sometimes I'm quirky and so on, but um, I'm with like-minded people in the sense that, um, yeah, I'm addicted to a soother and um, I've put that down and um, I have a much better life and I'm grateful. That's that's awesome, Grace. I, I think we are out of questions and, and that's great because it's right around our time frame of how long we wanted this to be, which is perfect. And Grace, I, I can't thank you enough for, for coming on to, you know, talk about this program and, and what might be signs that we needed and, and how to seek out the support we need to, you know, find healing and growth through that. Um, issue we're dealing with and and just you know for being the person you are in your life like you're showing up and assisting people on a regular basis and I think that just is really close to all of our hearts here and just so thank you for being you and for for coming out today to talk about it yeah thank you so much for coming on Grace. yes thank you Grace thank you I really I deeply appreciate this so thank Thank you, you thank you so have a have a great Sunday Grace okay Did you like this episode? Share it with people you think might get something out of it. Check out the rest of our episodes at recoverysortof.com. Also, while you're there, you can find ways to link up with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, YouTube, anything. We're always looking for new ideas. Got an idea you want us to look into? Reach out to us.